0: Welcome to episode 75 of the Switch Focus podcast. Um, It's me, your replacement host, not Andy Corrigan, uh, and uh, my co-host Andrew Brown. Um, Andy is not going to be with us today, but I'm sure he'll be back with us next week when we'll have a bigger show planned for you guys. So looks like this week we're just mostly going to chat Switch news, um, stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes. And also a little bit about what we played this week. So, Andrew, how's it going?
1: I've been fine. Are you looking forward to E3? It's almost upon us. Are you scared?
0: Uh, I am going to be up at like four in the morning to <laughs> write about it, so I am definitely terrified. I am, I am anticipating a lot of sleep deprivation and a lot of screaming when Nintendo ultimately don't announce anything Animal Crossing related. Oh, they definitely will. Um, they
1: definitely um, will.
0: Wow i mean i've been thinking that for a long time now i was very very sure that we would get something animal crossing related in the last couple of like last couple of larger directs but that just never happened so i'm a little bit jaded now i mean i'm still (laughs) going to still going to retweet the animal crossing pentagram tweet on the morning of e3 which is just like a bunch of switches and animal crossing cards to summon some news from nintendo but as for like whether or not I'm going to see something, I don't know. But I'm sure we'll have more e three predictions for you guys next week. It's going to be exciting. Okay, so let's move on to some updates from the previous episodes. Speaking of updates from the previous episodes, I see here that Andrew has an update on Dragon Quest Builders Terra Incognita. So yeah, I know you've been smashing that game pretty hard this week, Andrew. How has that been treating you?
1: Uh, It's been pretty well. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders was one of my top games of the year last year. I I included it on my game of the year list. And Mm. the sequel is almost upon us. I think it's five weeks and change away now. It's probably six Mm. weeks away. Let's just say that my my hype train is building up for it so i decided to jump back into the first game because i didn't really spend much time in terra incognito which is the sandbox mode in that dragon quest builders if you don't know it, it's a uh, similar to minecraft but it, its philosophy is actually very different because it's much more structured in what you're supposed to do and your goals are very clear and it lays everything out in a row exactly what you should be doing it doesn't have the very open-ended nature do what you want of minecraft but once you've finished the four chapters of the story you do get access to the terra incognita island which is more of a sandbox it has less structure and i think that's kind of showing where dragon quest builders weaknesses are because while i am enjoying my time in terra incognita the lack of real goals to accomplish there is really showing how little there actually is to do in terra incognita uh what i'm doing is i'm basically completely terra the island to serve my needs uh as i imagine them to be <laughs> uh, i'm building roads to all the teleportals on the main island that lead to the four outlying islands that are based on the four different chapters of the story And once Mm -hmm. that's done, I really don't know what else I'm going to do because I will have made it so I can easily get to those teleportals so I can build things more easily. But I really don't know what I'm going to build because there's nothing that really needs to be built. (laughs) It's not like Mm -hmm. Minecraft where it has the scale and it has the creative mode in it uh, where you can really make grand things like what I've done in my Minecraft game where I've dug literally miles of tunnels underground i have no idea why but it's the project i've undertaken just because yeah 110 hours i've been doing this now the tunnels have gotten so large i've actually gotten lost in them so i haven't i haven't been (laughs) playing much lately because yeah i i i have created this monster that i've just lost control of and if i return it will devour me and i will never be heard from again Uh, so that's actually kind of amazing on minecraft's part dragon quest builders just doesn't have that i enjoy building stuff and the way dragon quest builders it just has so much more weight into the blocks that you're building and placing and just the presentation is a lot friendlier than minecraft Uh, but Mm -hmm. i'm not enjoying this creative outing as much as i've enjoyed being creative in minecraft and I think once I walk away from Dragon Quest Builders or once Dragon Quest Builders 2 comes out, I won't return.
0: Fair call. I think I mentioned as well when I was talking about playing this is that the sandbox mode didn't really appeal to me. Yeah. I never really was one who played Minecraft because I wanted to build like a giant Charizard. <laughs> like, I think I played all the mods that gave you quests and things to oh, do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, I never really enjoyed free building. So I, I literally like poked my head into it and I was like, mm nah don't need it and pop back out so interesting that i suppose that the more structured format of dragon quest builders has kind of left you feeling like this sandbox mode is not as appealing in the same way as, as minecraft sort of build anything you want sort of approaches so that's pretty interesting actually In other news, we also... Well, I guess in other updates, um, there is a new Super Smash Bros. Ultimate update, which is huge, by the way. Absolutely huge. We're talking a lot of individual character buffs, slash debuffs, and tweaks. Um, Also news on Smash Bros. Ultimate being able to be played with the uh, Nintendo Labo VR setup, which is going to be ridiculous in execution, I assume. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) there is quite a lot of it so we thought we'd wait to have a full house to discuss it with you guys next week um so keep that on the calendar we're going to talk about the update next week and also laugh slash cry about about nintendo lab or vr and what that has done or not done for the switch stay tuned in the meantime let's pop over to the latest switch news and chat about some outstanding news items so we've got two major items on the cards for y'all today we've got the first one which comes as kind of no surprise to me as someone that kind of follows the ten cent train but ten cent is apparently going to drop arena of valor support in the west because there's only a quarter of a million players in the US and Europe. So only. This sounds <laughs> this sounds like a, a silly thing to, to do, but I guess from ten cents cost perspective or I suppose what they value as important, just for some context. They make a ridiculous amount of money of this game in China. We are talking millions and millions and millions in like the course of, of a day. Like this game is huge in China and it just hasn't seen the same market uptake, I suppose, in the same amount of time in the West. I, I don't think it's a good thing to drop Arena Valor support in the West because you're essentially just going, you know what, we've got one market, we're just going to forget about the other one. Um, I, would, I would sort of almost think that it would almost be good to have a smaller peripheral market even, rather than just say, yeah, forget it. It's sort of been quite neglected on the Switch anyway as a title. No update since it launched last year. And I mean, there are other options out there, like Smite to play. So I know, Andrew, I think you tried both, as did I. I much preferred I of Valor just because I am familiar with the Tencent <laughs> system um, and have played it previously on mobile. I do not really like Smite very much. Um, but I mean, are you going to to care really i feel like you were more positive on smite anyway
1: i preferred smite to arena valor because arena valor was a mobile game ported to the switch and it felt like it whereas smite felt like a moba designed for consoles so Mm. that just that gave it the edge for me in almost every manner less important than my feelings about arena Valor is there's a quarter of a million people playing this in the u.s Mm. and europe I don't think that's a number to sniff at, even if they're not making you money hand over fist like they think <laughs> they should. Uh, mm. This is why I don't like the idea of all digital games. This is why I don't like the idea of streaming games, because if the company decides that it's not making as much money as they should, then the game just just disappears. And mm. quarter of a million people who, for all we know, are liking the game just fine are going to be left out in the cold on this with a game that they like because they've decided that they're not making enough money. This is not the first time this is going to happen. This is not the last time it's going to happen. Did you know that there's a sequel to Fallout Shelter, but it's only available in China? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I I bet not many people have realized that. But uh, this is what gaming looks like in China. Uh, They make a lot of money off mobile games. Like, if you think... We have problems with whales in the US and Europe, mm-hmm. and whales are people who spend ridiculous amounts of money on their mobile games and on their microtransactions and basically subsidize everybody else who doesn't buy those things. Mm. China makes us look like amateurs in that department, but <laughs> that that is really impacting the availability of games and the viability, uh, the at least as... They are perceived by the corporations that control these games, their viability. I was not a big fan of Arena of Valor, but I do not like the statement this this sends out. Like, Morphe's Law, I mm-hmm. think, is a Switch game that's a good example where it doesn't have a big player base on the Switch, but it does have one, and it's continued to receive updates. And I'm sure they don't have anywhere close to a quarter million people playing, but they still support it, and it's still a game that deserves to exist. It's still a company that employs people through continued support of this game and they support a player base that plays the game and enjoys it thankfully it seems to be a company that is trying to continue to do business with this game even if they're not making three million dollars an hour with it so yeah that's
0: a good point yeah
1: it's just it's just greed i just i can't i don't get on with it uh
0: yeah, uh, love love to live under the boot of capitalism. That is a bit of a shame. Uh, like I said, I was enjoying Arena Fallon myself. I guess one of those 250k people that play it, not in China. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is kind of the kind of attitude that I'm used to seeing from Tencent anyway in the acquisitions process. So I'm jaded to it, but it's still, it's not a good thing i'm used to seeing it but it's not by any means a positive move for the company but again i mean let's not think too much about google stadia in the future for now Um, (laughs) (laughs) let's move on to the next bit of news mario maker 2 so we've had a lot of people get very angry about not being able to play multiplayer mode with your friends unless it's local wireless multiplayer or split screen and this is something that a lot of people are supremely angry about.
1: They say they're angry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people
0: are people are going to be angry about this up until they buy the game and then everything will be right with the world again. It's essentially the, the cycle of how I feel multiplayer gripes go with Nintendo Switch games. And personally, I don't really care. I mean... I probably play the most co-op titles um, out of the three of us on this podcast, but all of them are co-op local multiplayer with my mates that I see in person, or my mates that I live with. So that I can't play Mario Maker 2 with Nintendo Switch user Raiden69XX online (laughs) is not a big deal for me. I don't really care. I have people that I... I, I talked to in person that I can play this game with um, and even then I, I don't even know if that was really the biggest draw for people anyway in Mario Maker yeah. too, you know Mario Maker in general I don't know if you know playing online was like the the dumb thing that people really wanted to use the title for
1: well it looked like it's the same multiplayer mode that was in new Super Mario Brothers and I recall yeah I recall many, many years of examples of people complaining about that multiplayer mode, and now suddenly they want to play it with their friends on the Switch, or at least they say they do. I'm just, I'm so tired of this story, of this narrative. And that's what it is, is it's a narrative. Mm -hmm. Nintendo can't do anything right. You know, Splatoon 2 doesn't have native voice chat. You have to use the app. The app is bad, yes. I've never not... conceded that argument (laughs) but i also said splatoon 2 didn't need chat and splatoon 2 is one of the best-selling multiplayer titles on the switch it's one of the highest rated and last year not six months ago super smash brothers ultimate doesn't let you play with mixed friends and randos online in their lobbies you, you can either play with friends or you can play with random people that's your choices and mm. even though it came out in the last three weeks of the year it was the best-selling game last year this stuff obviously mm. does not actually matter to you so can we please just <laughs> give it arrest so we can not have concern trolling headlines basically on all the major news sites about how Nintendo doesn't let you do this multiplayer thing that you obviously don't actually care about anyway. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, uh, the other day on Kotaku, I saw an article, uh, Death Stranding isn't going to make any sense, and that's okay. Where's the Nintendo multiplayer is its own thing, and that's okay. Where are those articles? (laughs) I am just sick to death of this narrative, and I wish people would quit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, less vehemently, um, I suppose I would express a similar sentiment. My whole timeline was like filled with this. Like it was just. I mean, I know the block button and the mute button is free. Like I understand this before anyone just tells me that I should just mute words I don't want to see. If I mute everything Nintendo, there wouldn't be a Switch Focus podcast. Okay, <laughs> so um, I yeah, like I said, and like Andrew said, these are issues that come around every single time there is a Nintendo multiplayer product. There is going to be something there that will piss some people off, okay? People are going to be mad about something, going to go out and buy the game anyway. It's going to get four out of five on most major major outlets. You know, let's just skip this bit, okay? Let's skip the unpleasant bit for now, okay? We'll do this for the next launch, okay? If there's multiplayer in Animal Crossing, let's skip this bit. Let's just forget about this, okay? We don't have to complain until we receive the product. It's fine, okay? Everyone, people can enjoy things. It's okay. Let people enjoy things. Okay, um, now that we've both let off some steam, let's move (laughs) on to stuff that we ended up playing this week. So, Andrew has played Super Chariot, and it looks like he's got some mixed feelings about this game. It's a uh, co-op platforming game, looks like?
1: It can be, but uh, the co-op is... Optional. optional yeah
0: cool, cool
1: cool and like not not like right. optional where like it's a co-op platformer which you can play solo no th- y- this mm-hmm. game you can tell most of it was designed to be played solo mm-hmm. what this game is is you play as either this princess or her fiance and the okay. the king has just died and so they take the king in his coffin which is set up on this chariot to the royal tomb and then suddenly the king's ghost pops out and he says I don't like this tomb this is not good enough for me you need to take me to another royal sepulchre and lay me to rest there and Gosh. he's a very greedy very talkative ghost Yeah, he's very needy and so this poor <laughs> princess and or her fiance have to literally with ropes drag the king's coffin in this chariot across the kingdom to these different sepulchers while getting as much money along the way as you can by picking up uh, ore and treasure and jewels that are in the walls. And the King's Chariot Mm -hmm. is literally a magnet that sucks these things out of the walls. It's a really fun concept. I played the demo of it when this game came out last year, but uh, it came out during the heavy pre-E3 release season, so I just couldn't afford it at the time. But I picked it up a few weeks Mm -hmm. ago. And I really, really, really like this game. It's a physics platformer where, as I said, you play as one of these characters and they are dragging the king's chariot, which doesn't have a horse or a mule. Like, you actually have to do all that work yourself. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's where the physics platforming stuff comes in is it's involves a lot of climbing around on platforms, many of them very small and hanging in midair. Uh, so you have to jump up there. Onto the platform with your character, then you have to use the rope to drag the chariot up there. Oh Lord! Yeah, it sounds miserable, but if you tr- if you try the demo, it's actually really it goes really quick, and once you get the hang of it, you can do some absolutely amazing platforming tricks with this thing. Where like there are often situations where you have to pull the chariot up behind you. But the platform is so small, there's not actually room for you to stand on it. So you then have to jump on the, to the chariot and then jump to the next platform. Grab the chariot with your rope and pull it up to that platform before it falls off the platform that it was just on. I hope you were able to follow all that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, my, my brain kind of went through the motions with that one a little bit. I'm having some trouble imagining it visually, yeah. but no, I continue.
1: There's a first hour video <laughs> up on our website if you want to go look at it. But uh, for mm-hmm. some reason, this game which was paid for with uh, an arts grant from the Canadian government, it looks like, uh, didn't make a, a big splash, uh, even though it has really good production values. Uh, and it is selling for, you know, like a premium indie price. It's a $20 game, but like, it didn't have a presence on Twitch. I When I was streaming the game last weekend, I was streaming to a blank category because Twitch does not acknowledge that this game exists. <laughs> and Yikes. i couldn't find any information about it on wikis or anything this game is just a non-entity for some reason even though i think it's really smart it's really well made and i really enjoyed it but having said mm-hmm. that uh there are a few things about this game i really 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 did not like it, it only held me up at a very few specific parts but they were egregious Okay, so this is a physics platformer, right? So you're spending a lot of time jumping, you're spending a lot of time yanking this heavy chariot behind you through all these levels. What are your feelings about ice physics in platformers, Jenny?
0: Um, kind of how I feel about underwater levels. <laughs> um. There are
1: no underwater levels in Super Chariot, thankfully. However, oh there is an entire world no. of ice platforms. No. no. They are no. absolutely atrocious. I hated every minute of that game part of the game. And even when you get out of that and you get to the desert level in the ultimate level, in the ultimate region of the game, you might think you're past uh-huh. the ice platforms, but no. Even in the desert uh-huh. you run into more of these ice platforms. Um, yeah. The ice platforms okay, yeah. are absolutely miserable in this game they drag the entire experience down i was vocally unhappy every single time i ran into one because it took the very precise but chaotic way that you drag this chariot around and just Mm -hmm. messed with it because there's no traction for pulling the the chariot onto these ice platforms unless you plant yourself which is not an easy thing to do with the controller because you have to hold down on the joystick to plant yourself mm-hmm. and that'll stop the character from being slid around but at that point, how are you going to pull the chariot up onto the ice because you're you're planting yourself instead of actually moving with the joystick. It's a serious design problem and it dragged the entire game down and that's why even though I really, really liked this game uh, and I, I really do suggest you buy it e- if This whole ice nonsense doesn't send you screaming for the hills. Uh, (laughs) It was a bad enough experience that I I really don't recommend the game because of it, which it disappoints me. But it's a really good game that has just one thing about it that is just that awful.
0: That sounds horrific. Um, That actually sounds kind of like, I wish, okay, is there a way that, I, I mean, I feel like I would play this game if I could pay real money to skip the ice levels. Oh, come on. Maybe <laughs> No, it's just, I really, really, like, I, I think I talked about this when I was, when we talked about Super Mario Odyssey last year, I absolutely just cannot stand any underwater levels. Maybe it's playing through Vasture and WoW. And cataclysm that just really like was a nail in the
1: coffin uh, for me. I liked this but... year, but <laughs> No Andrew
0: <laughs> It was so painful and you unlocked the seahorse transportation so late in the game. It just was like really? it was like literally walking Through like walking through a sandstorm backwards, okay, the speed at which anything would be done, and just the way that everything interacts with anyway. This is completely off switch, but
1: I'm I'm almost positive you get the seahorse (laughs) after like an hour in there. So I I I don't know.
0: (laughs) Look, this is just this is just one thing: ice ice physics, underwater levels, anything that kind of messes with. With my terrestrial platform experience, I dislike. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, it's just, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this like at all. I mean, it sounds like you did like, a lot of things about it, which is great. And it's cool that this is a game that's made with an arts grant. I know that there are quite a few um, Australian games on the Switch store that have been made with um, Arts Victoria grants, which is pretty cool as well. And it's nice to see that these games are, I guess, kind of happening. But sad that no one's really picking up on them. So, yeah, if you are on the fence like me, um, I'm going to go watch that <laughs> that hour that Andrew has put up um, just to see what the Jail Consensus is. So go check that out on our website um, if you are unsure. Um, and for something a little more sedentary, <laughs> you can pick up Little Friends on the Switch, uh, which is unashamedly a Nintendo Dogs clone. For anyone that was even wondering what they game might be about. Being called Little Friends, it is literally just Nintendo Dogs. I cannot stress this enough. It is a less fully featured Nintendo Dogs game. <laughs> how much you get out of it depends on how much you enjoyed Nintendo Dogs. Oh no, sorry, what you enjoyed Nintendo Dogs for. So if you were someone that just wanted to basically look after a pet and like you wanted to like pet it and like take it on a walk once in a while and feed it and like wash it then this is probably okay. Like, you can still still do all things that you did before, like dress your cat or your dog up, go on walks, you know, teach them tricks, look after them, they interact with you, they yell at you, they get fleas, they do all the weird annoying things that real pets do. As someone who has acquired real pets between my last (laughs) Nintendo's playthrough and now, (laughs) I think the charm is... Slightly uh, reduced <laughs> because um, I know what it's like now when um, your cats get annoyed at you, and when your cats scratch you, <laughs> and when your cats yell for your attention at three in the morning. And this it is really not as cute as you would as, as you would have as a gay would have had led you to yeah. believe when I was a child. For me, it mostly feels like a game that has a lot of lost opportunity, lost potential. I mean, we're thinking we're talking a gigantic hardware upgrade from the ds to the switch but if you guys remember playing Dogs on ds you had to use the microphone you know you had to use the camera you had to use the touchscreen and like sure a lot of those things were super janky like the microphone thing don't even get me started okay i don't <laughs> even know how my dog learned its name but I, I could yell anything by the end of the by the end of my playthrough, where my dog would be like yep that sounds like rover that in unintelligible <laughs> noise sounds like rover I'm going to do a trick.
1: Whenever I had to use the DS microphone, I would just blow <laughs> into it. Because it didn't matter what it was, it would work. <laughs> you don't have to yell objection and Phoenix right. You can just blow into the microphone.
0: <laughs> it is It is great. That was sort of, I guess, a degree of interaction, which you don't get on the Switch. Because, duh, no mic and no camera. Also, not really any real use of the touchscreen. It feels more like watching animals at a zoo really then looking after your own animal if that makes sense um i mean you can still pet it you can still teach it some kind of tricks but there's no competitions now to use those tricks in whereas they had like obedience trials before where you could like show off that your dog could sit or roll over within four or five seconds of you blowing into the microphone <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, there's no agility trials. Exactly, yeah. No agility trials. No other mini games. There's one disc throwing game, which kind of feels like how disc golf felt in. Um, oh no. In in what's that? Golf game? Golf story. Yeah, in golf story. Ugh. Um So this like the completely extraneous mode, which you just don't want to touch on, because you can use the th- you can use motion control to do
1: it. Oh no. <laughs> which
0: is no, it's not good it's really not good let me just tell you this it's not good at all um, potentially less responsive than the ds's microphone
1: <laughs> why are we still making waggle games in 2019
0: <laughs> god someone tell us please jesus um but i mean aside from that you know like i said you can walk your dog you know you can have dogs and cats you can put your pets into a Into a hotel, if you have more than three in your house, you can pet your dogs, wash your dogs, they love you, and they make noises, and you keep them happy, you give them food, and it's adorable, and it's really, really cute, but some of the cats look really, really sinister.
1: (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. It's a cat. The dogs
0: look... The dogs look cute, but my god, the uncanny valley
1: stuff <laughs> on some of these cats is
0: nightmarish. Okay. Is it like
1: is it like church and pet cemetery?
0: It's just something about the something about the mouse.
1: Oh no. And the
0: eyes. It's just I just I, I don't know. It's just it's very it's got like a very like um, like, you know, what's that horror movie with the dog Chucky? Oh, it's wow. got like a very chucky feel to it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love The dogs, yes, the dogs, adorable. The cats, Jesus, I don't even know where to start with these. If I ever
1: escape from this screen, I'm going to eat you.
0: Basically, that's exactly it. Like, you know when they come up close to the screen, like, towards you for petting? I'm like, please don't. I don't need you to be this close to me. Um, It just kind of feels like a a toothless version of Nintendo. Not that Nintendo's was meant to have teeth or be, like, you know, challenging. (laughs) Like, Nintendo's was profound in any way. Yeah, I mean it's not really like we're we're not really sort of going through any sort of like complicated emotions here, but there's just something missing from the formula to, to keep you engaged. I mean, yeah, you can put pants on your dog. That's nice, I guess. But aside aside from that, the fact that the control scheme is the way that it is with the mini game, with the single mini game, uh, and just I guess the the way that there really isn't a lot to do apart from walk your dog, and and pet it. It just seems like quite a hefty price tag for a game that has a third of the features of the original Nintendo Dogs on the DS. Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry, it was not the Nintendo Dogs game slash replacement that I was looking for in my life, but gave it a shot anyway, and I'm probably actually going to keep coming back. To my dog, because I love putting him in pants. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> it's, it's just relaxing. It's a very relaxing game. Uh, if you don't want to think at all, then this will be completely fine. You will not have any objections to this. But if you were someone that was like, yeah, you know, I really enjoyed all the stuff in Nintendo. So It was about, you know, teaching your dog, training it, the competitive stuff. That is not here at all, basically, apart from the trick stuff. So if you just want a dog petting simulator, this is a great game for you. Like highly recommend, (laughs) super adorable. Don't pick any cats. But if you want anything more than petting it, then I would hope and pray that Nintendo has something else up its sleeve to replace Nintendo's because this is not it. Bummer. Cool. On that depressing note, (laughs) um, let's move on to what we are going to play this week. Um, I've already embarrassingly admitted to playing More Little Friends because I want to put my dog in pants, jean shorts, just to be just to be clear on that. But I'm also going to be playing Gato Roboto, which is a Devolver title, I believe. Mm. The Metroidvania cat in a mech game platformer. (laughs) So (laughs) that's going to be interesting and fun. I've heard really good things about it, really keen to try it out for myself. So we'll hear more about that next week. And Andrew, what are you going to play?
1: Uh, time spinner from chucklefish the publisher of stardew valley and uh, wargroove is going to be out Mm -hmm. and also i picked up iconoclasts on a sale i'm going to try to play through that this weekend so there's going to be a lot of metroidvania in our next recording (laughs) yeah
0: for sure sounds great all right time spinner looks pretty cool actually i might give it a bit of a look myself That is basically it for this episode. We're going to have Andy back next week, like I said, where we're going to have a bit of a larger show for y'all, including the much-anticipated Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Patch changes. Um, so until then, thank you for listening to this episode of Switch Focus Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review on iTunes because it really helps to get the show noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast services. If you want to interact with the lively Switch Focus community, you can also join our Discord server. We'll have links for that for you in the show notes. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news, and other content like Andrew's first hour videos. If you want to support the show, you can also buy us a coffee, and we have the details for that on our website and in our Discord server pinned to the general chat. And people can follow us individually. Andy is at Flame Roast Toast. Andrew is at Play Critically. And I'm Ginny at Ginny Was. Thank you for listening.